Campfire Classics is a classic literature podcast. However, your hosts will occasionally use not-so-classy language and immature humor to describe very mature situations. As such, listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. Welcome to Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. It's morning, and I'm eating a scone. I'm eating a scone and drinking coffee. You just looked up. Yeah. I knew it was a thing, but I couldn't remember the word. Yeah. Misophonia, it's it's the, it's the, people who um get really skeeved out by things chewing. like chewing sounds. Okay, so I actually know people that have that. Um, so do I. Uh and like I get it occasionally. Like and it, but it's not like a phobia. Like yeah, I think I thing. I think it's, it's just like some people just too weird um but yeah I, I do know people that have that so i do apologize it's not like that's the first time that has happened on this podcast yeah. where i'm munching on something um but it's it's morning time because uh, i just finished my opening weekend of a show so we're recording on a monday morning and having coffee instead of uh, uh wine yeah um, so I'm having a scone with my coffee because I'm classy as hell. <laughs> well, this is a classy podcast. It's classical, uh, yes. It, we we are here to bring a little bit of um, erudite entertainment into your day. Yes, Fraser would approve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much he would dig all the dick jokes, but you know, other than that. Um, I don't know if Frazier would appreciate the dick jokes. His dad would. But his dad would. <laughs> yeah. um, I also, I don't know if Kelsey Grammer would appreciate the dick jokes, but I'm David Hyde Pierce sure would. David Hyde Pierce would. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Maybe not as his character, but David Hyde Pierce, yep. the human being, would absolutely dig all the classic literature plus dick jokes. Yep. Yep. From everything I've heard about him and know about him in real life. Yeah. So, it seems, yeah. It seems to be a very cool dude. Welcome to our show. This is uh, Campfire Classics. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, speaking of being uh, classy and erudite and uh, informative, oh. um, I think it's time for the first installment of Science Just In Case. <laughs> okay, I had no idea this was happening. All right, um, here we go. So, oh. ethanol burns clear. Okay. What? So it's true, kind of. Uh, after last week's episode, we started talking about, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if there were an adult version of Bill Nye the of Science, Bill Nye Guy, the Science and Guy and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and uh, so after that, I was left home alone one evening, and I was kind of bored. All by himself. So I decided to see if I could make it look like my hands were on fire using hand sanitizer. Oh, my God. What did you <laughs> It works. What? No. Kind of, but only if you turn off the lights. Because ethanol, the alcohol in hand sanitizer, um, burns a blue that is so pale that it is almost completely invisible if any lights are on. It also burns smokelessly. So when I tried it the other night in the bathroom next to the running sink, because safety first, 
I at first thought nothing had happened because I had hand sanitizer in my hand and put the lighter to it and the lighter went out and I didn't see any flame. And then my hands started getting warm. Oh, my God. So I stuck it under the running water and tried again with the lights off. And sure enough, in the dark, my hand was covered with this really cool, supernatural looking, very pale, pale blue flame. Okay. It was really cool and really weird. Listeners, don't try this at home. Okay, yes. One, don't try this at home. Uh, two, my parents are listening to this and they're like, we're never leaving Ken alone in our house ever again as he lights up hand sanitizer in our bathroom. <laughs> Is that what you did last night? Well, we were, they, my parents came to the show last night. No, that was, it was a, it was a few nights ago. Oh, okay. Um, I don't remember why I ended up being home alone. All right. So ethanol burns almost clear. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah. don't try this at home. And don't try this at home. Although it, you could probably do some really cool like magic tricks with it. Like put a little um, hand sanitizer on a table and light it on fire. And then so you don't see any fire burning. But then if you put a piece of paper to it, all of a sudden the paper will catch with normal paper, paper. Fire once again, and you can look like you have the ability to create fire out of nowhere. Once again, don't try this at home. Uh, Campfire Classics does not condone lighting your table on fire so you can do magic. <laughs> Campfire Classics does not condone that. Ken Sandberg, on the other hand, <laughs> very there, much does. There's a lot of that in our podcast where we're like, I wouldn't, I, we can't condone this, but I think it's cool. I mean, we did, uh, we did try to light Axe body spray on fire yeah. when we had Wayne on. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so I'm glad to know that you're entertaining yourself while I'm away. Yeah. Now you've got to deal with me for the next three nights. So I guess- Either we're both going to learn that ethanol burns or uh, you're just going to have a no, no pyrotechnic kind of kind of yeah, couple yeah, yeah. days. Yeah. And like you can you, absolutely you can try it, too, if you want. There it was is fun. a huge part of me that wants to do it right now because I love fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm jealous now. I was just, you know, running a play and he, he's lighting things on fire. <laughs> All right, folks. So we're going to uh, pause recording for a moment. No, so we I are can not. Show Heather that this works. <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> My dad's downstairs, like, cleaning for, like, company, and we're lighting shit on fire in the bathroom. <laughs> Hi, I'm in my late 30s. <laughs> this is what being an adult is for. It's because when you're a kid, you have to ask permission to do stupid that, that, shit. That is when true. When you're an adult, it's just on you. It's just on you. And then we put it on uh, on our podcast yeah. so everyone can hear. Yeah, as my mom was always uh, very fond of saying when, when I was a kid, no. But the good news is you spend most of your life as an adult and you won't have to ask permission anymore. That is very true. That is very true. And uh, speaking of your mom, she's going to be here this week, as yeah. is my sister and uh, yeah, her partner, Jeff, who's been, they've both been on the show. They were our guests for, uh, for True Crimes, for True and, Crimes and, a and a Lie once. And uh, yeah, maybe we can, we can do a little bit with your mama or something because she's a, been a huge supporter and fan and uh our uh educator since the beginning because whenever we uh we say something wrong like as in like we kind of come up with a definition on the fly or something because you know that's what we do on here she sends an email and it's yeah. like just being the teacher that I am, this is what it is, and it's great. Which which reminds me, I don't think we ever um, published an official retraction, but a couple episodes mm. ago, uh, the Water Ghost episode, yep. um, 
the character was taking uh, uh, quinine pills, pills. yeah, uh, and- which we made assumptions about. Um, like sleeping really, pills. Really not caring. Turns out that they are pills that uh, you would take in case you had some sort of like tropical fever. <laughs> Often they um, uh, they help with if the fever is causing like delusions. delusions. Yeah. Yeah. That was the idea anyway. Yeah. So, so we got, just... got that text message a couple days after the that episode dropped. The more you know. Yeah. Wow, this has been a very educational episode so it far. It has been, yeah. I mean, we learned uh, the technical term for people that don't like chewing. We've learned that ethanol burns clear, and mm-hmm. we've learned what quinine, pill, qu- 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 quinine pills yeah. are really for. Yep. Well, why don't we continue learning? You want to, like, get into this thing? Sure. Let's, so, let's do the thing we do. Um, new listeners, because if we're doing our job right, every episode is somebody's first episode. Um, what we actually do on this <laughs> podcast, in case you couldn't tell, is um, read short stories from the public domain, which means most of them are 100 or more years old. Uh, and, um, yeah, we, we read them out loud, sight unseen, and try not to laugh too hard every time there's an accidental penis joke. Yeah, which happens way more often than you would think. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure sometimes they're not so accidental. Yeah. Um, but before we read the story, the the person whose turn it was to choose the story gives a few fun facts about the author or the story or whatever. This week, that falls upon me. Now, Yay! we have a repeat author this week, so Ooh, I'm going to take a, a brief moment here instead of chatting about the author to talk about one of the publishing entities that has loomed large over this podcast, a magazine called The Strand. Okay, okay, okay. So The Strand magazine has been the original source for many of the stories and authors that we've read. It published its first issue around Christmas, 1890, and by early 1891, it was skyrocketing in popularity, largely thanks to its regular inclusion of the mysteries of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah! It was actually a mutually beneficial relationship, as many of the readers were first introduced to the detective through the magazine, and others kept coming back to the magazine just for Holmes. So Holmes's popularity was expanded by the Strand, and the Strand's Strand. popularity was expanded by... We call that a symbiotic relationship? Yep. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, I remember science. <laughs> <laughs> Another good word. Symbiotic, symbiotic, I've heard it both, but yeah, they depends, fed off each other. Depends on how douchey you're going to be about your That's pronunciation. very true. Uh, so, in fact, the first Holmes mystery published in The Strand mm-hmm. was the one that you read over the course of episodes four and five, A Scandal in Bohemia. <laughs> All right. It's um, where we meet the woman. Yeah. Irene Adler. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was an incredibly popular magazine in the UK that published fiction, nonfiction, puzzles, and Ooh. general interest pieces. It puzzles. was basically highlights for adults. <laughs> was the shit man is that still a thing i think so i think i hope so because that was like the best i had we had a subscription we definitely got a highlights every month for me it was very exciting i loved the like can you tell the difference between these two pictures (laughs) stuff and then there was usually like a really fun article about environmentalism or something and yeah 
What a hippy-dippy, fabulous magazine that was. Yeah, so like I said, it was basically, yeah. Yeah. that's that's what As it was. for adults. I love it. Uh, looks like it is still being published. Oh my God, I'm going to totally get a subscription. <laughs> the magazine launched a new mobile app, Highlights <gasps> Every Day, in April 2017. Oh, damn. I could be doing highlights every day. You could, you could be doing highlights on the app every single day. I'm downloading the app right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> <laughs> they published their first issue in June 1946, I... 75 years ago. Apparently, they decided, well, World War II's over. Let's We need be some cute. jollity. We need some jollity in the world. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, my parents remember remember it as kids. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so they have a bunch of different apps um for like the different things in highlights. So, so you can I, do I can just, just get the, the picture. Spot the difference. Yes, I'm getting it. It's my favorite. I love that I mentioned that, and that is the first one that comes up, and it has the highest rating of like stars on the App Store. So I will be. Uh, if you see me in my phone, I'm probably uh, being a two year old and playing highlights. On June 25th, 2019, Highlights for Children's Twitter account denounced the practice of family separation at the Mexico-United States border. That's what I'm talking about, Highlights. See? See? That's what's up. Love it. So anyway. Anyway, uh, back to the strand. (laughs) Back to the strand. (laughs) Uh, So there there was also a U.S. version of the magazine, but the general interest pieces, which usually were about a new scandal going on in England's House of Commons, weren't (laughs) terribly popular in the U.S. We're like, what? (laughs) So more and more differences started cropping up between the two versions. That makes Um, sense. Just because it made sense to be geographically more appropriate. Uh, the Strand was responsible for publishing works by some of our favorite authors, including Doyle, Christie, uh, P.G. Woodhouse, Edith Nesbitt, H.G. Wells, and Edgar Wallace. All right. Other famous contributors included Winston Churchill, who wrote nonfiction articles for the magazine. Hilarious. And Queen Victoria, who gave permission for a sketch she drew of one of her children to appear in The Strand. <laughs> Okay, I I don't know what it looks like, but I kind of want it to be like a funny stick figure, <laughs> and it's just like nepotism. <laughs> it's it's the kind of thing that um, like that if a kid had done it, only their parents would like it, and it yeah. would go up on the fridge. Yeah, it looks like you remember that part in highlights where like it was like so and so age seven drew this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's the Queen Victoria. It's like God, so it really, um, is. It's really just highlights. It really is highlights. Bless her heart. <laughs> uh, the puzzle section was filled with little riddles and brain teasers, and the first published cross number puzzle. Cross number is sort of like a crossword puzzle, but but like with like Sudoku meets yeah. crossword puzzle. Yeah, okay. basically. Okay. Um, the magazine changed formatting during World War II because. Because highlights took over, apparently. Um, And by 1950, they were forced to shut down because the world had moved on and people just weren't reading stories the same way they used to. Because highlights took over. Because highlights took over. (laughs) But in 1998, the Strand started back up, now based out of Michigan, of all places, and today, you can pick up a copy or read the online version and read new works by emerging writers 
and previously unpublished short stories by writers like Hemingway, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Mark Twain, Tennessee Williams, and basically a bunch of the people that we've been reading here. Oh, that's so cool. See, I thought I I was like, I'm pretty sure there is still a strand, but... Yeah, there wasn't until I was a junior in high school. Yeah, it okay. was they they took an almost fifty year break and now they're, All right. they're publishing again. I love that, and yeah. I love that for new writers because that's a huge thing that like just exposure. Yeah, yeah love that. Uh, anyway, all of this info was found on the Strands website. All right, and their Wikipedia page. Wiki. And this week. You'll be reading a story first published in the Strand in April 1903. H.G. Wells, yes! The Truth About Piecraft. Wait, what? <laughs> Are we going to learn how to make a pie? Um, <laughs> piecraft is spelled P-Y-E-C-R-A-F-T. Okay, okay. I believe it's somebody's name. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be <laughs> kooky and weird, just like H.G. Wells should be. Yep. Yay, I'm excited. Let's start this fire. Let's do it. Hey, listener. This is Ken Sandberg coming to you from about 45 minutes in the future. Just wanted to give a specific little content warning. This is a story that has some views expressed by characters that by today's standards would be a little bit problematic and objectionable. And our narrator says some things that could definitely be construed as body shaming. Just a warning in case that sort of thing upsets you, and a reminder that Campfire Classics likes to make fun of assholes like that and does not condone these particular views. Thanks and enjoy the story. The Truth About Piecraft by H.G. Wells. It would be great if it were the truth about making pies. I mean, yum. Like the skills required. <laughs> the skills to, of pie making. Like, like pie making witchcraft. Piecraft. Piecraft. It's the or, new, the new uh, genre of Wiccan. Or like instead of, it's a new video game. Instead of the world of Warcraft. It's the truth the about world, piecraft. The world of piecraft. <laughs> <laughs> you try to take over your neighbor's pie shop. Yum yum yum. The Truth About Piecraft by H.G. Wells He sits not a dozen yards away. If I glanced over my shoulder, I can see him. And if I catch his eye, and usually I catch his eye, it meets me with an expression. Is this someone being picked up at a bar? <laughs> it I is. Know. It is mainly an imploring look, and yet with suspicion in it. Confound his suspicion. If I wanted to tell him, I should have told long ago. I don't tell. And I don't tell. I don't tell and I don't tell. <laughs> oh, like, I, I don't tell and I don't, don't tell, tell. And I continue to, to not, not tell. tell. <laughs> I don't oh, tell. Oh, he's got a secret. I know, there's a, there's a secret. Oh, is this a pickup at a bar? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't tell, and I don't tell, and he ought to feel at his ease. If anything so gross and fat as he could feel at ease. What? Oh, no! Oh, Oh, shit! Rude! Rude. Whoa! That took a turn. Oh, man. Who would believe me if I did tell? Poor old Piecraft, great uneasy jelly of substance. (laughs) The fattiest clubman in England. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's not what it says, but it says the fattest clubman in London. <laughs> I like fattiest. Fattiest and it, not just London, but all of England. Yeah. But no, it's just London. He's just the fattest, the fattiest of, 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 of England. He's, yeah. yeah. Fattiest of London. <laughs> oh, no. Poor Pycraft. Poor Pycraft. He sits at one of the little club tables in the huge bay by the fire, stuffing. What is his stuffing? I glance judiciously and catch him biting at a round of hot buttered tea cake with his eyes on me. Confound him! With his eyes on me. This is creepy. This is There's so like weird. Some what is like, going on? Some like, uh, like chubby guy that uh, sitting alone by the fire eating his tea and staring at a guy across the room. It's like, yeah, this oh, is super unsettling. Oh, what's going on? Although I kind of want a buttery tea cake now. Um, that's why I'm having a scone. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> that settles it, Piecraft. Since you will be abject, since you will behave as though I was not a man of honor, here, right under your embedded eyes, I write the thing down. The plain truth about Piecraft. The man I helped, the man I shielded, and who has requited me by making my club unendurable, absolutely unendurable, with his liquid appeal, with the perpetual don't tell of his looks. <laughs> so it's like a gentleman's club or like something, and like this yeah, guy has just made it like the worst place ever. So it sounds like our narrator at some point helped Piecraft with a problem. Yeah. And Pycraft and promised has, never to tell, and Pycraft has been a whiny little bitch about it. And apparently has driven away all his customers. So he's like, okay, well, I'm done with you. As you sit here and eat my food while you stare at me while I'm at bartending or whatever. <laughs> all right, I'm excited. I want to know right. what Pycraft did. And besides, why does he keep on eternally eating? <laughs> well... Here goes for the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Oh, good. We're in the judicial system. Piecraft. I made the acquaintance of Piecraft in this very smoking room. I was a young, nervous new member, and he saw it. I was sitting alone. Oh, no. He was like the new kid in class. And, like, <laughs> this is the guy that befriended. He's like the Regina George of the smoking room. Okay. <laughs> Because it's not going to go well. It's like the end of Mean Girls. It's like, screw you, Regina George. And then someone's going to get run Hit over by a, by a Clydesdale. <laughs> by Clydesdale, yeah. There were no buses, I guess, at the time. I was sitting alone, wishing I knew more of the members. And suddenly he came, a great rolling front of chins and abdomina toward me and grunted and sat down in a chair close to me and wheezed for a space and scraped for a space with a match and lit a cigar and then addressed me. I forgot what he said, something about the matches not lighting properly, and afterwards, as he talked, he kept stopping the waiters one by one as they went by and telling them about the matches in that thin, fluty voice he has. 
He's not describing him in the most complimentary of terms. No, I mean, this feels like this is very appropriate given uh, Comedy of Errors because the one character uh, Dromeo describes that's like chasing him around the house is like as being the kitchen wench. Spherical. spherical. You could as, find countries in them. As yeah. tall from hip to hip is from head to toe. No, yeah. Like, and just like a vi- like their person, they, like they are like incest, not in, and. What's not incestuous? What's uh in uh, not incestuous? Well, that's good. We prefer it that way. <laughs> no, what's the uh, in uh in uh incessant incessant? incessant. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> they are incessant. All right. <laughs> but anyhow, it was in some such way we began our talking. He talked about various things and came round to games and thence to my figure and complexion. You ought to be a good cricketer, he said. <laughs> that's that's the voice that came out. All right. Who am I? He said a thin and fluty voice. <laughs> you ought to be a good cricketer, he said. I suppose I am slender, slender to what some people would call lean, and I suppose I am rather dark. Still, I'm not ashamed of having a Hindu great-grandmother. Oh, so he's like he he well, he's has half, he's half Indian. Yeah. But for all that, I don't want casual strangers to see through me at a glance. So that I was set against Piecraft from the beginning. <laughs> well, shit. I didn't, I didn't like him from the start. He told me I was probably good at sports and I took offense. It's, I was probably good at sports because I'm mixed race. So he's an asshole. <laughs> He's like, oh, you're you're skinny and dark skinned. You're probably like, good at sports. That's fucked up. It's like uh, the 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 American contemporary equivalent would be walking up to a tall black guy and saying, "So you're good at basketball, you right?" You like basketball, right? Yeah, fuck them. Like it's like, um, actually, no, I'm an accountant, but um, go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> but he only talked about me in order to get to himself. So he is Regina George. Okay. <laughs> I expect, he said, you take no more exercise than I do, and probably you eat no less. Yet, and he smiled an oblique smile, we differ. (laughs) And then he began to talk about his fatness and his fatness. (laughs) All he did for his fatness and all he was going to do for his fatness what people had advised him to do for his fatness and what he had heard people doing for their fatness similar to his. Is this whole whole story <laughs> just going to be a weight loss a weight supplement commercial? advertisement? It's like try hydro... What was, what was the one that was like big when I was in high school? It was like one of those diet pills. Like It was just know. caffeine. It was just fucking caffeine pills. Oh. And like... It was terrible for you. Like people had heart attacks on it because it was awful. <laughs> Caffeine and uh, and like, a laxative. Basically, is what it was. <laughs> it started with hydro something. Anyway, uh, let la something Hydra about fat. Cut. Hyd- hydra yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um. And people doing fatness similar to his. A priori, he said, one would think a question of nutrition could be answered by dietary and a question of assimilation by drugs. It was stifling. It was dumpling talk. It made me feel swelled to hear him. 
This narrator does not like this man. He's not like this guy. Although I'm, he's a, already come up to him and been a little racist and basically just started talking about how fat he is, and like why he's fat. That's a wow. weird. That's a weird. Be- and complaining to and being a bad like customer because he complains to every waiter that walks by that the matches are too thin. And the waiters are like, "I'm not the fucking manager. Like, I'm come not on, the Karen. Matchmaker. <laughs> matchmaker. Matchmaker. Make, make me, me a match." match. Sturdy and strong, so fire will catch. Then I can light this ethanol. That didn't work. Ethanol's a hard one to put into then skin. I can light up an ethanol, ethanol fire that no one around here can see. Wee! All right, back back to swelled. One stands. Strange that-, that he hates this guy so much, but just listening to him talk makes him swell. Ew. <laughs> well, maybe that is where the, the actual issue lies. <laughs> he had a little crush. One stands that sort of thing once in a way. That was the British sentence of all time. One stands that sort of thing once in a way at a club, but a time came when I fancied I was standing too much. So usually when you join a club, you have to deal with some of these people because... They're part of the club, and you're like, okay, yeah, hi. Mm-hmm. But he was dealing. He was he was taking the brunt of of this person. He was he was getting this kind of interaction every time he showed up. Yeah, which isn't what you want when you go to the pool. No, exactly. It's just like I just came here to smoke my cigar and and drink my martini and swim in the pool. <laughs> he took me altogether too conspicuously. I could never go into the smoking room, but he would come wallowing towards me. And sometimes he came and germandicized. Ooh, that's a new word. Ah, gormandize. Gormandized. Eat good food, especially to excess. (laughs) Okay, well, there you go. Um, Gormandized? Gormandized. All right. So he wallowed toward me, and sometimes he came and gormandized round about me while I had my lunch. He seemed at times almost to be clinging to me. He was a bore, but not so fearful a bore as to be limited to me. And from the first, there was something in his manner, almost as though he knew, almost as though he penetrated to the fact that I might that there was a remote, exceptional chance in me that no one else presented. Oh, my God. What is this? Are they both aliens? Like, what's the thing? (laughs) (laughs) I'd give anything to get it down, he would say. Anything. (laughs) Well, Well, if it lasts more than four hours. (laughs) I'd give anything to get it down, he would say. Anything. And peer at me over his vast cheeks and pant. (laughs) Ew, ew. So he's like sweating and like panting going, I want to get it down. That's a weird conversation at the club. No. He's like, I'd give anything to get it down. (laughs) Inappropriate, bad touch, stranger danger. Yeah, I would call over the manager at this point. (laughs) I wouldn't be a member of that club for very long. No, I'd be like, is it really worth it? Have I talked to anybody else at this club except this guy? There are other pools. There are other. I can go swim in the damn ocean. Yeah, I would, like, find a lake. It's England. The ocean is in literally every direction. Every direction. Like, figure it out. 
Poor old Piecraft. He has just gonged. No doubt to order another buttered tea cake. He has just gonged? Gonged. <laughs> gonged, like, like rang the bell for... Probably, the... like, ding, ding, waiter. Like, it's like, waiter, waiter. So he's terrible to waiters. This is another Instead reason we hate him. Instead of the little service bell, <laughs> he like, has a ding, gong. ding. On the, they, they have a freaking gong. They have like one of those mini gongs on their table and they're like, Meg, come here, give me tea cakes. I like that, but I really like the idea of, I want to, um, I kind of, so when we open our Airbnb in the um, haunted Oh, yes, the haunted, uh, cottage like, where the, has the a vampire, vampire upstairs yeah. and like ghosts running around and everything, at the front desk... We'll have a gong. I want there to be a giant ass gong instead of a little service. I bell. love it. I love it. <laughs> so when people come in, like, where's the? Do I ring this gong? <laughs> I don't think they work like cartoons, but <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> okay, we'll get a cartoon gong. We'll get a cartoon gong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've gonged. We have gonged. He came to the actual thing one day. Our pharmacopoeia, he said, our Western pharmacopoeia. I'm guessing pharmaceutical, yes. but he's saying pharmacopoeia. <laughs> just sounds like it's like a, a um, cornucopia of food, but it's a pharmacopoeia of medicine. It is the, the horn of drugs. The horn of drugs. Yes. Great. Is anything but the last word of medical science in the East, I've been told... Oh no, is he gonna ask for help from his his Hindu great grandmother? <laughs> he stopped and stared at me. It was like being at an aquarium. <laughs> I was quite suddenly angry with him. Look here, I said. Who told you about my great grandmother's recipes? <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> He's like, okay, you racist fuck. <laughs> Who told you? But no, she, she I mean, you're but right. You're but... right. She <laughs> makes wonderful Eastern medicines, and uh, I'm not giving them to you because I hate you. Well, he fenced. Every time we've met for a week, I said, and we've met pretty often, you've given me a broad hint or so about that little secret of mine. Well, he said, now the cat's out of the bag. I'll admit, yes, it is so. I had it from Patterson. Indirectly, he said, which I believe was lying. <clears throat> yes. Pattinson, I said. Who the hell's Pattinson? What an asshole. Fucking Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Damn vampire, speaking of. <laughs> Going around and sharing all my and, family secrets. And sparkling and a vampire. Being all beautiful. Sexy. And... Pattinson, I said. Took that stuff at his own risk. Oh, Uh-oh. shit. Did he kill somebody? Oh, no. Well, if he killed him, then the only way... Pycraft heard it from Pattinson is if Pattinson is now a ghost. He pursed his mouth and bowed. My great-grandmother's recipes, I said, are queer things to handle. My father was near making me promise. He didn't. No, but he warned me. He himself used one. Once. 
Ah, but don't you think? Suppose, suppose there did happen to be one. The things are curious documents, I said. Even the smell of them, no? <laughs> what is happening? But after so far, Pycraft was resolved I should go farther. I was always a little afraid if I tried his patience too much. He would fall on me suddenly and smother me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I own I was weak, but I was also annoyed with Pycraft. <laughs> I had got to the state of feeling for him that disposed me to say, Well, take the risk. The little affair of Pattinson, to which I have alluded, was a different matter altogether. What it was doesn't concern us now, but I knew, anyhow, that the particular recipe I used then was safe. The rest I didn't know so much about, and on the whole, I was inclined <laughs> to doubt their safety pretty completely. So he is, he, this is a under-the-table drug lord right now. Yeah. Is basically what it is. He is dabbling in not FDA-approved ancient home remedies. Ancient remedies that he is dispersing under the table at his club. All right. Yet, even if Piecraft got poisoned, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I must admit the poisoning of Piecraft struck me as an immense undertaking. <laughs> well, is he going to kill him? What's going on? Well, no, we know that he's not going to kill him because... Because he hates him now. Well, no, but because we've we've already heard how this part of the story yeah. finishes. Yeah, because, because we Pycraft's know that staring at him. Pycraft survives and just ends up looking at him creepily from across the bar. That evening, I took that queer, odd-scented sandalwood box out of my safe and turned the rustling skins over. The gentleman who wrote the recipes for my great-grandmother evidently had a weakness for skins of a mal... Skins? What's going on? Ew. Well, the, the, the papers, the pages. Oh, okay. It's like, ew, is, are these written on the skins of, like, squirrels? Like, what's going well, on? Well, that's also possible. Possible. But the gentleman who wrote the recipes for my great-grandmother evidently had a weakness for skins of a miscellaneous origin, and his handwriting was cramped to the last degree. Okay, so you're making medicinal like things from your great-grandmother, who you probably never even met, and you can't really read the handwriting. I think this is a bad choice. And they're all written on dried squirrel skin, on squirrel which is skin. weird. <laughs> Some of the things are quite unreadable to me, though my family, with its Indian civil service associations, has kept up a knowledge of Hindustani from generation to generation, and none are absolutely plain sailing. But I found the one that I knew was there soon enough, and sat on the floor by my safe for some time looking at it. Look here, said I to Pycraft the next day, and snatched the slip away from his eager grasp. So far as I can make out, this is a recipe for loss of weight. Ah, said Pycraft. Jesus. I'm not absolutely sure, but I, I think it's that. And if you take my advice, you'll leave it alone, because you know I blackened my blood in your interest, Pycraft. My ancestors on that side were... So far as I can gather, a jolly queer lot. See? 
Let me try it, said Pycraft. I leaned back in my chair. My imagination made one mighty effort and fell flat within me. What in heaven's name, Pycraft, I asked, do you think you'll look like when you get thin? <laughs> it's like, dude, your entire presence is being a fatty. It's fine. You're like Santa Claus. If you get thin, no one will recognize you. And this is far before we had the technology to do, like, uh, skin removal surgery. So, yeah, he's just trying to help. Actually, he's trying to keep him from taking that medicine, it yeah, seems. Yeah, well, he is trying to help. Yep. He was impervious to reason. I made him promise never to say a word to me about his disgusting fatness again, whatever <laughs> happened. Never. And then I handed him that little piece of skin. Ew! <laughs> Ew! Such a horrifying <laughs> word choice. He means paper, but it sounds gross. It's like, this is from my bris. Here you go. <laughs> Pop it in a little cup of tea. It's fat loss. <laughs> Here's a little piece of skin. <laughs> I apologize. I'm horrified by everything that is happening right now. I mean, we don't know what the recipe is. They haven't told us. And then he says, it's nasty stuff, I said. No matter, he said, and took it. He goggled at it. But, but, he said, he had just discovered that it wasn't in English. <laughs> <laughs> to the best of my ability, I said, I will do you a translation. I did my best. After that, we didn't speak for a fortnight. Whenever he approached me, I frowned and motioned him away, and he respected our compact. But at the end of a fortnight, he was as fat as ever, and then he got a word in. I must speak, he said. It isn't fair. There's something wrong. It's done me no good. You're not doing your great-grandmother justice. <laughs> Where's the recipe? He pronounced it gingerly from his pocketbook. I ran my eye over the items. Was the egg added? I asked. No, ought to it have been? That, I said, goes without saying in all my poor dear great-grandmother's recipes. When condition or quality is not specified, you must get the worst. She was drastic or nothing. And there's one <laughs> or two possible alternatives to some of the other things. You got fresh rattlesnake venom? <laughs> what? <laughs> We're going to get the recipe slowly. Yeah, yeah. All right. So far we know we egg, need an egg and rattlesnake, and rattlesnake venom. venom. Fresh rattlesnake venom. I got of newt and koala foreskin. Yeah, I feel like this is not going to go well. Koala foreskin. <laughs> and they all have gonorrhea, so then you're going to get gonorrhea. Uh, yes, little known fact, all koala, the koala population is overrun with STDs, which is like, they're the cutest little animals. Because it's but... the only thing they actually do. They sit around in trees, they sleep, they eat eucalyptus, and they have, and sex. They have sex. And that's it. Life's rough. Uh, it's like living in an old folks' home. 
which is also overrun with gonorrhea. Oh, Lord. Okay, 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 rattlesnake venom. I got a rattlesnake from Jamrocks. It cost, it cost. That's your affair, anyhow. This last item... I know a man who... Yes, hmm, well, I'll write the alternatives down. So far as I know the language, the spelling of this recipe is particularly atrocious. By the by, dog here probably means pariah dog. What's a pariah dog? Ah, it's just a specific type of dog. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. So we've got eggs, rattlesnake venom, and dog? Um, well, I don't know. Keep reading. It's oh, possible, it's possible that it's possible it's like dog, dog urine foreskin. or dog foreskin. <laughs> I love I went to urine, foreskin, poop. We're going to find out. All right. Huh. Um, this dog is an example of an ancient group of dogs known as pie dogs, P-Y-E dogs. Oh. Oh, look at H.G. Wells being clever. Mm. <laughs> For a month after that, I saw Piecraft constantly at the club and as fat and anxious as ever. He kept our treaty, but at times he broke the spirit of it by shaking his head despondently. Then one day in the cloakroom, he said, Your great-grandmother, not a word against her, I said, and he held his peace. <laughs> I could have fancied he had desisted, and I saw him one day talking to three new members about his fatness as though he was in search of other recipes. And then, quite unexpectedly... His telegram came. Mr. Fermalian, bawled a page boy under my nose, and I took the telegram and opened it at once. For heaven's sake, come. Piecraft. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, said I. And to tell the truth, I was so pleased at the rehabilitation of my great-grandmother's reputation, this evidently promised, that I made myself a most excellent lunch. Yum. <laughs> I got Pycraft's address from the hall porter. Pycraft inhabited the upper half of a house in Bloomsbury, and I went there so soon as I had done my coffee and... Trappistine? I did not wait to finish my cigar. Trappistine. Trappistine so caramels. Ooh. Candy. Yummy. And he didn't even finish his cigar. He's like... Soft, rich, creamy caramels. So they're like... Uh, were there's originals for back in the day? <laughs> yeah, but not crunchy. But not they're, crunchy. They're, they're like, soft. They're soft and chewy. Okay, yummy, yum yum. Mister Piecraft, I said at the front door. They believed he was ill. He hadn't been out for two days. He expects me, said I, and they sent me up. Hmm. I rang the bell at the lattice door upon the landing. He shouldn't have tried it anyhow, I said to myself. A man who eats like a pig ought to look like a pig. <laughs> what the fucking Rude. asshole? What? I, okay. Pycraft sounds annoying and like slightly racist and a little, but he just sounds like he wants a better life for himself. This guy's an this asshole. This guy's a dick. This guy's a dick. An obvious... An obviously worthy woman with an anxious face and a carelessly placed cap came and surveyed me through the lattice. I gave my name and she let me in in a dubious fashion. Well, said I, as we stood together inside Pycraft's piece of the landing, 
He said you was to come in if you came, she said, and regarded me, making no motion to show me anywhere. <laughs> and then confidently, he's locked in, sir. Locked in? Locked himself in yesterday morning, and he hasn't let anyone come in since, sir, and ever again swearing, oh my! I stared at the door she indicated by her glances. In there, I said. Yes, sir. What's up? She shook her head sadly. He keeps on calling for vitals, sir. Heavy vitals and wants. I get him what I can. Pork and ads, soil pudding, sausages, no more bread. He thinks like that. Left outside, if you please, and me go away. He's eating, sir, something awful. <laughs> so he keeps calling for, like, for different food. foods. Like weird foods. There is came he pregnant. <laughs> that that is what the potion does. It, it impregnates men. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> there came a piping ball from inside the door. That formalian. That you, Piecraft? I shouted and went to bang on the door. Tell her to go away. I did. Then I could hear a curious pattering upon the door, almost like someone feeling for the handle in the dark, and Pycraft's familiar grunts. It's all right, I said. She's gone. But for a long time, the door didn't open. I heard the key turn. Then Pycraft's voice came. Come in. I turned, and I turned the handle and opened the door. Naturally, I expected to see Pycraft. Well, you know, he wasn't there. I never had such a shock in my life. There was his sitting room, in a state of untidy disorder, plates and dishes among the books and writing things and several chairs overturned, but Pycraft... It's all right, old man, shut the door, he said. And then I discovered him. There he was, right up close to the cornice in the corner of the door, as though someone had glued him to the ceiling. His face was anxious and angry. He panted. <laughs> he panted and gesticulated. Shut the door, he said, if that woman gets hold of it. I shut the door and went and stood away from him and stared. If anything gives way and you tumble down, said I, you'll break your neck, Pycraft. I wish I could, he wheezed. A man of your age and weight getting up to kiddish gymnastics. Don't, he said, and looked agonized. I'll tell you, he said, and gesticulated. How the deuce, said I, are you holding on up there? And then abruptly I realized that he was not holding on at all. That he was floating up there. It's like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. He's so bloated. It's weight loss. <gasps> he's so not gravity. size loss. <laughs> so he keeps eating to try and bring himself back to Earth. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's also like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. <laughs> oh, no. So he needs to burp? Burping, yep. And then abruptly I realized he was not holding on at all, that he had floated up there, just as a gas-filled bladder might have floated in the same position. 
He began to struggle to thrust himself away from the ceiling and to clamber down the wall to me. It's that prescription, he panted as he did so. Your great gran! He took hold of a framed engraving rather carelessly as he spoke and gave way, and he flew back to the ceiling again while the picture smashed onto the sofa. Bump, he went against the ceiling, and I knew then why he was all over white on the more salient curves and angles of his person. He tried again more carefully, coming down by way of the mantle. <laughs> God. It was really a most extraordinary spectacle, that great, fat, apoplectic-looking man upside down and trying to get from the ceiling to the floor. That prescription, said he, it's too successful. How? Loss of weight, almost complete. And then, of course, I understood. <laughs> By Jove, Pycraft, said I. What you wanted was a cure for fatness, but you also called it weight. You would call it weight. Somehow, I was extremely delighted. <laughs> <laughs> I quite liked Pycraft for the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. Let me help you, I said, and took his hand and pulled him down. He kicked about, trying to get a foothold somewhere, and I was very like holding a flag on a windy day. <laughs> that table, he pointed. It's solid mahogany and very heavy. If you put me under that. I did, and there he wallowed about like a captive balloon while I stood on his hearth rug and talked to him. I lit a cigar. Tell me, I said, what happened? I took it, he said. How did it taste? Oh, beastly. <laughs> I should fancy they all did. Whether one regards the ingredients or the probable compound or the probable results, almost all of my great-grandmother's remedies appeared to me at least to be extraordinarily uninviting. <laughs> For my own part... I took a little sip first. Yes. And as I felt lighter and better after an hour, I decided to take the draft. My oh, dear no. Pycraft, I held my nose, he explained, and then I kept on getting lighter and lighter and, and helpless, you know. He gave way to a sudden burst of passion. What the goodness am I to do, he said. There's one thing pretty evidence, I said, that you mustn't do. If you go out of doors, you'll go up and up. Jesus. I waved an arm upward. They'd have to send Santos Dumont after you to bring you down again. It must be like a famous aircraft. Alberto Santos Dumont Ooh. was a Brazilian inventor and aviation pioneer. One of the very few people to have contributed significantly to the early development of both lighter-than-air and heavier-than-air aircraft. Okay, so, like, uh, probably, like, hot air balloons? Hot air balloons yeah. and airplanes, yeah. Yeah, cool. They'd have to send Santos Dumont after you to bring you down again. I suppose it'll wear off. 
I shook my head. I don't think you can count on that, I said. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then there was another burst of passion, and he kicked out an adjacent chairs and banged the floor. He behaved just as I should have expected a great, fat, self-indulgent man to behave under trying circumstances. I hate you. Oh, man, this guy is such a dick. He's so, do you know what this is reminding me of? What? An episode of The Office. Oh. Not a particular one, just generally. Oh. Where there is They're like both terrible people. Kind of kind of funny, but largely mean spirited things happening. Yeah. And if you don't think about it too much, you get a chuckle. But if you pay attention to what everyone is actually saying and doing, you're like these people are all horrible fucking yeah, people. Yeah, which is why I've never been able to get into the office, which is why I like Parks and Rec, because they are having similar situations, but they're all wonderful human beings with yeah. the best intentions. So, yeah. But, yes. Okay. So now I'm going to envision Steve Carell as the narrator and uh, what's his what's his butt? Um, the guy that's kind of a dick. Which one? They're Dwayne? all kind of dicks. Dwayne? Dwight? Dwight. That's it. See, I've never watched it. They're interchangeable. I don't know which one's which, but I imagine it's a conversation now between those two. Great. Fabulous. Um, and then there was another burst of passion, and he kicked out in adjacent chairs and banged the floor. He behaved just as I should expect a great, fat, self-indulgent man to behave under trying circumstances. That is to say, very badly. Such an asshole. He spoke of me and my great grandmother with an utter want of discretion. <laughs> so lots of swear words. Yep. So he said, "Fuck that stupid." He, yeah. <laughs> yes, he got meowed out a lot. He got meow, 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 meow. Uh, I never asked you to take the stuff. I said. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true. In fact, true. I told you not to. Yeah, he said I wouldn't. Um, and generously disregarded the insults he was putting upon me. I sat down in his armchair and began to talk to him in a sober, friendly fashion. I pointed out to him that this was a trouble he had brought upon himself and that it was almost an air of poetical justice. He had eaten too much. This... He disputed, and for a time we argued the point. He became noisy and violent, so I desisted from this aspect of his lesson. And then, said I, you committed the sin of, euph of euphemism? You called it not fat, which is just the inglorious, but weight. He interrupted to say he recognized all of that. What was he to do? He's like, yeah, I get it, you dick. Now tell me how to fix it. I suggested that he should adapt himself to the new conditions. So he came to the real sensible part of the business. I suggested that it could not be difficult for him to learn to walk about the ceiling with his hands. I can't sleep, he said. But that was no great difficulty. It was quite possible, I pointed out, to make a shake-up under a wire mattress, fasten under things on with tapes, and have a blanket sheet and coverlet to button at the side. He would have to confide in his housekeeper, I said, and after some squabbling, he agreed to that. 
Afterwards, it was quite delightful to see the beautifully matter-of-fact way in which the good lady took on these amazing inversions. <laughs> oh, that was all a little parenthetical. Right. He could have a library ladder in his room, and all his meals could be laid up on top of his bookcase. We also hit on the ingenious device by which he could get to the floor whenever he wanted, which was simply to put the British Encyclopedia, 10th edition, on the top of open shelves. (laughs) (laughs) I love that little 10th edition. He just pulled out a couple of volumes and held on and down he came. And we agreed that there must be iron staples along the skirting so that he could cling to those whenever he wanted to get about the room on the lower levels. As we got on the thing, I found myself almost keenly interested. It was I who called in the housekeeper and broke matters to her, and it was I who chiefly fixed up the inverted bed. In fact, I spent two whole days at his flat. I am a handy, interfering sort of man with a screwdriver, (laughs) and I made all sorts of ingenious adaptions for him. I ran a wire to bring his bells within reach, turned on his electric lights up instead of down, and so on. The whole affair was extremely curious and interesting to me. And it was delightful to think of Piecraft like some great fat blowfly crawling about on his ceiling and clamoring round in the lintels of the doors from one room to another and never, never coming to the club anymore. But we know that doesn't work out. Oh, no, no. Then, you know, my fatal ingenuity got the better of me. I was sitting by his fire drinking his whiskey, and he was up in his favorite corner by the cornice, tacking a turkey carpet to the ceiling. Oh, it's a Turkish carpet. When the idea struck me, by Jove, Piecrafts, I said, all this is totally unnecessary. And before I could calculate the complete consequences of my notion, I blurted it out. Lead underclothing! said I. Yeah, I was I was thinking just put on like a weight vest yep. and and ankle weights. Yep. And the mischief was done. <laughs> Piecraft received the thing almost in tears. To be right ways up again, he said. I gave him the whole secret before I saw where it would take me. Buy sheet lead, I said. Stamp it into discs. Sew them all over your underclothes until you have enough. Have lead-soled boots. Carry a bag of solid lead. And the thing is done. Instead of being a prisoner here, you may go abroad again, Pycraft. You may travel. A still happier idea came to me. You need never fear a shipwreck. All you need to do is just slip off all of your clothes, take the necessary amount of luggage in your hand, and float up in the air. In his emotion, he dropped the tack hammer within an ace of my head. (laughs) By Jove, he said, I shall be able to come back to the club again. He did. And he does. There he sits behind me now, stuffing as I live, a third go of buttered tea cake, and no one in the whole world knows, except his housekeeper and me, that he weighs practically nothing, that he is a mere boring mass of assimilatory matter, mere clouds of clothing. 
Ninti Nifos? This looks like this is Latin. Um, the first word, ninti, mm -hmm. is nothing in Italian. And the second word, nephis, is Latin um, and loosely means wrong, apparently. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's it's like he's not there. It's He's weird. He's, yeah, it's off. Yeah, it's odd. There's something off. Yep. He is a mere boring mass of assimilatory matter, mere clouds in nothing, ninti, nefas, the most inconsiderable of men. There he sits, watching, until I have done this writing. Then, if he can, he will waylay me. He will come billowing up to me. He will tell me over again all about it, how he feels, how it doesn't feel, how he sometimes hopes it is passing off a little, and always somewhere in that fat, abundant discourse he will say, The secret's keeping, eh? If anyone knew of it, I should be so ashamed. Makes a fellow look such a fool, you know, crawling about on the ceiling and all that. And now to elude Pycraft, occupying, as he does, an admirable strategic position between me and the door. The end. <laughs> so he was writing it all down so he could basically take it to the newspaper or something and publish it so it's, like, out in the open and it's not, like, on him anymore. Yeah. But now he has to, like, get past... Get past Pycraft. Who weighs a shit ton because he's just... All he's wearing is lead. Lead, yeah. <laughs> That was odd. That was a very bizarre story. <laughs> so basically, be, the it, moral is... Don't take medical advice from weird dudes at the club. Yeah. Weird dude. Yeah. Uh, that. Yep. Yep. That's that. Don't, don't take medicine from weird dudes at the club. That might be... That might be the saddest story we have yet read. It was sad in the fact that, like... Both of them were assholes, and they both kind of got what they deserved. Because, like, honestly, this guy, Pycraft, was, like, in, in his heart, I think it was coming from a good place of, like, will you help me? Will you help me, like, lose weight? Will you help me? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, stop asking the people who are smoking cigars at the club and, like, go, like, I guess go to a doctor, I guess is, like, all I can say. Um... But so he was just kind of an anno the annoying friend. Yeah. And then this guy was like, this guy's annoying. So I'm going to like play pranks on him. And I'm guess well, I'm now I'm wondering I'm, what happened to the other guy. <laughs> well, so the thing is, like, it's it it's not even what either of them did. Yeah. That was like neither of them were intentionally cruel yeah until uh, the end yeah. when he decided he was going to write the whole story down it was the thing of like it was the, the attitude that both of them had well it was very about the other like it, they, they were both very hoity-toity british men so yeah. you have to remember that both these men are very very wealthy probably yeah and therefore we hate them anyway so let's just imagine that uh the fat pycraft was trump and uh, the other guy is like, uh, 
Ted Cruz or something. Yeah. So they're both wealthy people who we hate that actually do hate each other. They just never say it to each other's faces. And yeah. It's, it is. And that that kind of works because yeah. it really was for me reminiscent of my experience trying to get through the office where it's a bunch of situations that are like odd and kind of amusing. But my overwhelming feeling is I don't like any of the people in yeah. this story. Yeah, if they're not like like I, and I've tried to start watching The Office with that exact same experience. I still can't put my finger on what it reminded me of, like the actual story. It's it's a very be careful what you wish for. Yeah. I mean, it's very much that that story. Um uh, well, in the the one story we read that was The Three Wishes, the guy the that monkey's got, paw. the monkey's paw. Yeah. Yeah, it is very much of that realm. Um and also don't take drugs from the guy at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> that is it's too it's too morals. And lots of morals. Medical shortcuts yes. aren't worth aren't it. Aren't real. Also, be careful what you wish for. Also, um don't be a dick. Also, don't join like country clubs cuz when there's an asshole and they're probably yeah. plotting your death behind your back. Uh <laughs> Sorry to anybody out here there who belongs to a country club. I know a lot of people who belong to country clubs. Uh, I'm sure it's not universal. Really? I don't know a lot of people who belong to country clubs. I do. Huh. Most of my family. Yeah. Fair enough. I just, I don't. Um... Well, they're not. I, I don't think they're as big in Minnesota. I don't know. There's a lot in here. There's a lot in Iowa. Like, there seem to be a lot. Like, uh, it basically any... To any place there is a golf course tends to have a club attached to it and I have a family full of golfers so they're not even like necessarily like the one in Eldora the Pine Lake Country Club it, it is literally a golf course and a restaurant they just call it the Country Club it, yeah it's it's for a small town in Iowa it's mainly farmers that go golfing so Country club is a loose term, yeah. but you're not you're not sitting around smoking cigars, cigars and, and eating caviar. No, yeah. no, no. You're eating a burger after your round of golf saying, and saying having a beer. S- snarky things about old lady, what's her name, who's spending a lot of time with a tennis pro. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know if they have tennis pros, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's what's happening in Eldora. <laughs> Be like, oh my gosh, Mildred. Um, she's been hanging out a lot with Tommy. <laughs> Those are their names. I'm sticking Mildred to Mildred and Tommy. Mildred and Tommy. All Little right, Ditty H- H- about Mildred and Tommy. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. I think we're good. So tell cool. five friends about Campfire Classics. Uh, follow us on the uh, Twitters and the Facebooks and the all those things. Uh, what's our secret word this this week, Ken? Koala foreskin. <laughs> So if you've made it this far into the episode, oh my god! And I, I really hope you have. Um, well, and I know you have because you're listening to me say this. Uh, when when you message us, please, in the message, in the subject line, whatever, somewhere, just mention koala foreskin. Yeah, please. I can't wait for all my uh, my my email and my Twitter like messenger and stuff to start blowing up with the the keywords koala foreskin because yep. <laughs> I'm the one that receives them and then I laugh until Ken yeah. so please. I'm really just trying to mess up everyone's Google <laughs> Google, settings. Google algorithms yep. yeah it's true so koala foreskin everybody thanks for uh tuning in to campfire class because <laughs> <laughs> as we said at the beginning we are very classy yeah yeah <laughs> so like subscribe tell your friends leave us a review on apple podcast or good pods or yeah yep uh, check us out 
and that's it. That's it. So, um, until next week, this has been Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. Cuddly koala and I have STDs. Do 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 do